Well, Happy New Year. And just want to let you know, FEC kids are now excused. FEC kids, you come up and go with Miss Patty. All right. Awesome. Woohoo. If you build it, they will come. Amen. Amen. So uh, as we begin this new year, I wanted to look at prayer. You know, I, I believe in the power of prayer. I, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer. And, and as Christ followers, we should have a prayer life like Jesus. But I think sometimes we get so caught up that we really don't do it. And, and as much as I, I love to pray and I love to spend time in prayer, as I was looking through the scripture, I came across this prayer that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossian church. And what I want to do is start this new year off looking at this prayer and really digging into it because I think there's so much in it for each one of us. You see, when we all became Christians, God implanted in us this new sense of his presence. Um, his love, his guidance, and his strength in our lives. And, and even as a mature Christian or maturing Christian, you know, we, we still have this inside of us. But if you're like me, sometimes I think we fall short. I don't think we use all of that God has given us. Um, you know, I know God's with me. I know he loves me. I know he gives me strength and he guides me. But sometimes I just don't apply it in my life. You know, I get so caught up with, you know, I, I know what God's will is. But Ken's will is a little easier. You know, doing what I want to do when I want to do it is kind of easier sometimes than doing what God calls me to do. I can't be the only one who does that, can I? Do you, do we or do we, do you or I, do we actually live our life fully doing God's will? As we go through this life, and I think most of us fail, um, and I think a lot of times because we're not sure what God's will is, well, even better, we're not sure how to distinguish the difference between our will and God's will. You know, because we'll get so caught up in, well, is this what God wants me to do? Or is this what I want to do? And, and as we go through this life and we get so caught up in, I think knowing's just half the battle. And, and I think that, you know, a couple months ago when I actually read this scripture and, and started planning for this service, I really started asking myself, Am I applying this in my life? Am I really truly doing what God's word calls me to do? Because in today's scripture, you're going to see that, that the apostle Paul prayed that the Colossians would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and put it into practice. And as Christ followers, I think that our prayers for this new year should really mimic this. We should focus on putting our knowledge of God and his ways into practice each and every day in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. We're going to be in chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry about it. It will be up here on the screen as always. And with that, let's dig into God's word. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will 
in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, I just ask that we pray the way, pray, the way Paul prayed. Lord, that we would seek your will, seek to do what you call us to do, and that each one of us would bear fruit for you. And Lord, I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul wrote this letter to the Colossian church while in prison. And I got to thinking, well, while Paul was in prison, what, what could he actually do to affect change? And really, there was two things he could do. The first was actually writing the letter. So writing the letter to the Colossian believers. But the second was praying, taking that time in prayer, taking that time to truly pray for them to understand the knowledge of God's will. And, and, and basically, that's what he did. You know, although, you know, he wasn't with the Colossians, he was serving the same God. So the same God that was with the Colossian church was with Paul in prison. And through that power of prayer, he was able to make his intercessory prayer and help with the progress of their Christian maturity. Because at the time, this was a new church. So whether you're a new Christian yourself, just needing to, to grow in your faith, or maybe you're a mature or maturing Christian, because we're all still maturing, and you just want to nurse nurture yourself and those around you, I think we can take this prayer and really apply it into our lives. See, it provides this wonderful pattern for us to follow. And, and as you look, Paul initially started, he was giving thanksgiving to God. So he was thanking God for all that he was doing. And then he turned it towards the Colossian people himself as he prayed for the church and the people and Paul used three words, three words that I think each of us really need to look at, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Because there's so much different in life, but it's something that we all need. And understand here that, that Paul's first prayer was that they would be filled with knowledge. And the Greek word here refers to like filling something up, like you're filling up a glass and filling it to overflowing. And I think as we look for this knowledge and to be filled with the knowledge, we want to be the same way. We want to not just be to the brim. We want to be overflowing with the knowledge of what God has for us. And Paul prays that this process will begin and that it will proceed and come to completion. And that's where we all are. We have to begin someplace. Then we have to proceed and keep going to eventually someday coming to completion in what God calls us to do. But knowledge is the first step. And, and I think when you look at knowledge, you can think of it kind of like head knowledge. You know, there's stuff that you can learn, like 2 plus 2 is 4, 3 plus 3 is 6, 4 plus 4 is 8. You know, e even a 2-year-old can, can learn them simple math. 
They may not totally understand her to be able to add their toys, but they know on paper that 2 plus 2 is 4. You know, because it's kind of like a head knowledge, not a practical knowledge. And and I think as Christians, we do the same thing. We, We memorize verses and we get this head knowledge, but we can't apply it to our lives. We can't count our toys with it. You know, we we kind of, you know, hey, I know what it says, but we don't apply that practical application. And and that's where it takes it to that next level, where we're able to take it just from this head knowledge and and actually making it practical application. Because just like a child, you know, the the, uh, baby's got to crawl before it can walk, and it's got to walk before it runs. Well, we as Christians are the same way. No matter where you're at in your faith, we all start out crawling. And we start to learn this process, then we get up and we kind of walk a little bit. And as we get older, some of us still wobble a little more as we walk. But we got to walk before we run. And it's all towards getting that guide, that completion in the knowledge of the wisdom of God's will. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take years, and some of us may never ever get to that point of totally understanding God's will. But we can get closer today than we were yesterday just by taking that time and doing what we're called to do. And and Paul talks the first with knowledge. So you ask, well, well, it's more than just learning facts. And if you want to learn what God's word says, there's one thing you got to do. You got to read his word. That means you got to take that time and actually open it up and you actually got to read it, read what it says. And and if you want to know what God's will is, it's inside his word. But you got to take that time to do it. And and you want to do something, you know what? Memorizing scripture is a great thing. Memorize the Ten Commandments. When you memorize the Ten Commandments, actually do what they say. See, because like I said, memorizing is that head knowledge. But actual knowledge comes from the practical application of actually doing what it tells us to do. Think about it. Hey, think of the golden rule. Take Matthew, uh, take Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbors as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. How many of us do that? In real life, how many of us actually do that? We've got the head knowledge. I saw people out there actually reading the scripture. You know what it says. We know what it says. It's up here in our head, but your problem is from here to here, there's something there where it's not working. It's not going from the head to the heart, and we're not actually doing what it calls us to do. We even take Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and uh, the law and the law of the prophets. Write these down. Write them down. Put it someplace where you see it each and every day. Read it, memorize it, and then go do it. See, it's that doing part that makes the difference. It's, it's that what takes it from the head to the heart and allows you to start really doing and understanding what the knowledge of. And as we practice this and we put them into practice every day, every one of us should be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's how we're going to start to get that knowledge. That's how we're going to know what God's will is. And how do we get filled with it? By reading his word. You got to read his word and and, and even understand. Read his word even when it doesn't make sense. Read his word even when it's hard to understand. 
and even read it when it's boring. Because you start out the book of Numbers, it can be rather boring. There are certain books in the Bible that you start reading, you're like, man, can I just skip this? No, don't skip it. It's there for a reason. That's how we start to get that knowledge. That's how we start to get that understanding. You know, if you're reading the book of Leviticus and you get the urge for barbecue because it's telling you how to prepare meat and put it over hot coals and the aroma pleasing to the Lord, you know that's going to be barbecue, right? Okay? So if you get hungry for barbecue, go get barbecue and come back and keep reading. Even when it gets boring, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's hard, take the time to dig in to what it says. Come to church. Come to Bible studies. You want to see power of prayer? Come and join us Tuesday night for Shaking Prayer Group. Where we actually take the time to pray over every single prayer request in this church. Out loud over every prayer request. And we've seen healing. And I guarantee this year we're going to see more healing. We're going to see more deliverance. We're going to see all that. And it all comes from the power of prayer. Come out Tuesday night. Be here on Wednesday night. Come out on early on Sunday morning. Hey, if you can't make any of them times and you want, hey, I can't make any of them times, but I want to study God's word, get some people around you and make a group. A life group is simply that. A group of people doing life together, digging into God's word. It doesn't have to be here at church. It can be anywhere. It can be at your house. It can be at the coffee shop. Get together. Take that time. Get into God's word and start asking them questions. Take notes, ask questions, and then actually research it. Actually, and not just in one place, look different places. Dig into some commentary, see what some really, really smart people had to say about it. People that are a whole lot smarter than me. Trust me, I read commentaries each and every week. I read commentaries as I prepare for the lessons. But, and, and it's exactly that, because I need to understand it. I need to understand what God's word says. And even though the spirit speaks to me and through me, there's still things that it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense because of my own understanding of it. Or maybe an understanding that I was brought up with that, hey, you know what? That's really not what it says. Because if we don't really understand what God's word says, people are going to be able to twist that scripture and make something sound better than what it actually is. And we see that all the time. Someone will take a piece of scripture and twist it and drag so many people in the wrong direction. So you need to take the time, read his word, and see what it says. And understand, it takes knowledge to get to understanding. So, and thinking about that, here's the difference. Do you know about the Lord, or do you know the Lord? Two totally different questions. Two totally different questions with two huge different implications. You think about this. The difference is like the Grand Canyon. You know, you can see pictures of the Grand Canyon on TV. You can read about the Grand Canyon in a book. But there's something about standing there looking at the Grand Canyon in person. You, you can understand, hey, the Grand Canyon is this giant hole in the earth. But you're not going to understand it to how intricate and how detailed it is till you're standing there looking over the vastness of it. And that's the difference between knowing the Lord and knowing the Lord. Do you know him of him or do you know him? That's the difference. Because we can get so caught up knowing about him 
and not actually knowing him. And like I said, the difference is like looking at the Grand Canyon on TV compared to in person. There's an amazing difference. It's an amazing difference in view. And we got to understand and look at ourselves and say, which part are we doing? Are we knowing about the Lord or do we actually know the Lord? It makes a difference in our life. And I think a lot of times as we take that time and we, we look into God's word, we see the depth of our sin. We see the depth of our sin nature, and it brings that understanding of how we need to repent, how we need to change our ways, how we need to turn and, and go in the other direction, because now we know what God expects of us. We, we know what he expects of us, and, and we know how far we're falling short. But then the difference is, just like anything else, you know you're falling short. Now you got to do something with it. So you got to apply it. You got to do, make that 180 degree turn. You got to walk away and change what you're doing. See, I think sometimes we have head knowledge, but we lack the understanding. We we don't do it. It's kind of like Jesus teaches us to be born again. And we sit here, and some of us don't really understand, just like Nicodemus really didn't understand what born again was, and, and understand that when you finally get and say, oh, man, I need to be born again, you understand that being born again is stepping into this new life, and, and that old life is put away. That old life, that old self, that old you is, is, is put behind you, and, and now you've got this new life and, and new vision and all this new stuff coming with you. And then you really start to understand what being born again is and how you can actually apply it and take them steps forward to go into your life and understand that, that many of us still, we say we're born again, but we're still living like we're lost. We're still living like we're lost. We're still living for the flesh. We're, we're still lying and cheating and doing all these other things that God's word tells us not to do. But we'll walk around and we'll say, hey, we're born again, but yet we'll, then we'll go out and we'll hurt somebody else. Because we're not actually applying what we've learned. we got head knowledge. Yeah, I'm born again in my mind. But are you born again in your flesh? And it's the kind of things we need to look at. Now, as we look at this prayer, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul was praying that they would lose, they, that they would get rid of that old nature and get this new nature and have this new creation come to life inside of them. Because that's what each of us are called to do, where we live differently, we think differently, we talk differently than what we used to do. We know the facts. We understand the process. But then we got to do that practical application. And, and practical application is so big. I think about it like this. If you went into a tech store and you wanted to get the latest, greatest smartphone. So they pull out that smartphone and that text saying, oh, let me tell you what it can do. It can plan your whole day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. It can map out every place you're going to go. It will send you reminders. It can do everything you need to do in life. All you got to do is get it, and you're like, man, I can't wait. Do me a favor. Turn it on. Let's see how it works. And the tech guy goes, oh, used. How many of us do that with God's word? God's word can give you the direction of where you need to go. 
It can lead you in what to do. It can tell you everything about what to do and, and how to get there and, and, and how far bad you are to how you can be. And all we do is admire it. We don't open it up. We don't use it to change our lives. We don't use it to help change other people's lives. Instead, what do we do? We put it on our coffee table and we let it get dusty. And we admire it and say, well, that's God's word. I'm a Christian. You see the Bible in my house. You see the crosses in my house. You can have Bibles and crosses in your house all day long. It doesn't mean you're born again. It takes that life transformation. It takes going from head knowledge to heart knowledge and moving forward. And ultimately, we can't live our Christian life that way. we got to understand, as in Second Peter, it tells us, we need to be thankful that the Lord has given us the tools and resources to overcome sin and to live in victory. We can live in victory in this life today. But we got to put off that old self. we got to get rid of head knowledge and actually put it into practical application. And that's where we fall short. I'm right here with you. I fall short. I, I'm not that good about it. Like I said... There's times that I like Ken's will better than God's will. But we need to just begin by learning the knowledge by reading his word. Take the time, read his word, learning what it says, continuing to understand, learn the concepts, what it says, why it says what it says, and basically, why do I need to do it this way? Or what needs to change inside of me to do what he calls me to do? And then get that completion of wisdom. Get that wisdom of what God calls you to do by putting it to work. It means living our life a new way. Starting something new and change our ways. You know, we, we need to live our life being mindful of what the Lord did for us. Think about it. He left heaven to come to earth as a baby. He was born into a poor family. He was beaten. He was abused. He was an outcast. He was rejected by his own people. And he went to torture his death on a cross. All for you. All for you. And I think if we really thought about what he did for us each and every day, we would live a different life. We would truly live a different life understanding what Jesus did for us from the day of his birth to the day of his death and his resurrection what he has done for us. But I think we take it out of context because we kind of read it, and it kind of goes away. We think about Passion Week, Easter only. What if you actually thought about what Jesus went through on his way to the cross each and every day of your life? How would it affect the way you lived your life? How would it affect the way that you treated other people? And understand that the price that he paid, there's nothing I can do to pay him back. There's nothing you can do to pay him back. There is no gift, nothing you can do to pay him back for what he did. And he did it simply for the love that he had for you. He don't want anything back except you. The real you, the whole you. He wants your heart. He wants you to accept him. He wants you to read his word, understand his word, and get the wisdom from his word and actually do what his word calls you to do. See, you understand... Many people and many of our family members, you know why they don't come to church? Because they look at you. Think about that. You have family members that don't come to church because they look at you. 
They look at the way you live your life Monday through Saturday. And then all of a sudden you're like, let's go to church, and they kind of chuckle. Or maybe you're the one who's got all the, the crosses and the Bibles in your house, and they got dust on them. If you want your kids and your grandkids and everyone else to go to church, guess what? Come to church. Be in church every Sunday. Be in church during the week for Bible study. Take time with your own family. Open up God's Word. Read it and see what it says and explain it to them. See, a lot of us got kids that don't go to church and aren't saved, or, or we go through this, you know, my kid grew up in church and all of a sudden went away to college, and now they want nothing to do with Jesus. Pastor, what happened? I don't know. Maybe look at where it started. Did they go to church or were they dragged to church? Did they know about Jesus or did they know Jesus? Do you know about Jesus or do you actually know Jesus? Do you live your life the way he called you to live and live within the knowledge of God's will? Think about that. Do we actually do what God's word says and then we wonder why our kids and grandkids go astray? We wonder why people don't come to church. Our walk should be fully pleasing to him. Fully pleasing to him. When we begin the knowledge, we continue with understanding, and then we get that completion through wisdom, and it's all what makes our walk be worthy of him. That's what we're called to do. And what pleases God? How do we know that our walk is worthy of him? It tells us you bear fruit. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Remember, every one of us is a different tree. Every one of us bears a different kind of fruit. And you want to know what spiritual fruit is? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are the fruits that are worthy of the Lord. When you look at your life, do you see them fruits? Do you see them fruits in your life? Or do you see the polar opposites of it? Instead of kindness, you see hatefulness. Instead of goodness, you see badness. Instead of being faithful, you're unfaithful. What is the fruit in your life? Because the fruits come from two different places. One comes from you. The other comes from God. So as you take time and you look at these fruits and you say, hey, do I actually have this fruit? And if you realize that the fruits that you have in your life are the total opposite of them, you're getting your fruit from the wrong place. You're getting your fruits from the world. You're getting the fruits from your flesh instead of from God. And instead of walking that new path and doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're still walking that old path and you still have that old nature about you. It's time to make a change. It's a new year. We all want to do something new, right? Let's do something new and walk a new path. Walk the path that God called you to walk, looking for his will. Look to be pleasing to God in everything you do. Understand, God does not grade on the curve. God don't grade on, grade on a curve. You can't get a good grade this day and a bad grade next day and hope that, hey, maybe my next grade will be good and I can kind of get back into, you know, average range. When you stand before God, your deeds are not going to sit on a scale and see if they were good or bad. Ain't going to happen. You're not going to get into heaven by doing good deeds. The only way you're going to get into heaven is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and instead of knowing about him, actually know him. That's how you're going to get into heaven. 
And when you do that and you become that new creation and start doing them new things and start doing the fruits of the Spirit in your life, then you're going to see change. You're going to see change not only in your own life, but in your family life, in your workplace, and every place else. Think about this. <clears throat> if your spouse was faithful to you 29 days a month, 29 days out of the month, they were faithful to you, which is basically 96.6% of the time your spouse was faithful. Would you be pleased? Nope. How about this? 364 days a year or 99.9% .9 of the time your spouse is faithful to you. Would you be pleased? Nope. Then what makes you think that only 25, 50, or 75% devotion to what the Lord calls us to do would please him. And that's how we live our life. Oh, I can't make it to church today. I'll make it once a month. I'm at least there. Well, I'll read his word, you know, 50% of the time every other day. We do it to God and we expect him to be pleased with us. When we wouldn't accept it from our own spouse, we wouldn't accept our own kids being obedient to us 99.9% .9 of the time. A slow obey is a no obey. And when our kids no obeyed, what did they get? Right? Go draw me a switch. What is Let me back talk my mom. It was over. And my mom was a little lady. It was over. It wasn't wait till dad got home because dad wasn't around. Mom handled it. We need to do the same thing. We expect so much out of our own family members and our friends that, oh, they need to be there for us and we won't be where God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do. Make a change in your life. Stop giving God 25, 50, and 75%. Give God 100%. And maybe you do it because you're still walking on the wrong path. Maybe you do it because you, you, you lack knowledge. Or maybe you lack understanding or wisdom or desire. Well, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So guess what? God's got your back. But you got to know what his word says, and you got to be willing to do what his word says. That's where the difference comes in. So no matter whether your disobedience comes from lack of knowledge or whatever, give it up to God and do what he calls us to do. Imagine if we, not only as individuals, but as a church, actually applied this in our life. If we actually took the time to read his word every day. And when we didn't understand it, we'd ask questions. Or, or we'd dig in and start searching, hey, what does this really mean? And if we actually started living a life seeking God's will. Seeking to have his knowledge, seeking to have his wisdom, seeking to actually fulfill what he has for us. If we actually lived what his word said, and what if when people looked at us, they actually saw Jesus? 
What if they actually saw Jesus in you? What difference could you make in this world? What difference could we make as a church? And I want to encourage each of you, take time every day, read his word. Get his knowledge. Get into a life group. Come to church. Get the understanding. Seek his wisdom in all that you do. We all make New Year's resolutions. Some of us probably already failed our New Year's resolution. It's only 11.50 on New Year's Day. Some of us might make it till noontime because we're in church. You want to make a resolution how to please God? Make a resolution that this year you're going to read Bible from cover to cover. Take the time to read his word. Take time to say, you know what, this year I am going to do everything within my power and I'm going to leave it to him and I'm going to make it to church 52 Sundays. And you know what, if I, if I can't make it into church because I'm traveling, I'm going to watch church online. And you know what, I'm going to get involved in some life group. You know what, I can't make it on these nights, so I got a group of people around me and, and we'll just meet at Dunkin' Donuts or Panera Bread or wherever it may be, and we're going to get together and we're going to dig into God's Word and we're going to do life together. And, and we're going to dig into God's Word so that we have a better understanding, so that we have a better knowledge, so that we can be who God called us to be. See, get it from the head and get it to the heart. That 18 inches is the longest distance in the world. Because we got a lot of stuff in our head, but we don't let it get to our heart. God looks at your heart. Don't ever think, yes, yes, Scripture does say, you know, a heart can be deceitful. Yes, it can. But God looks at your heart. So it can't be all deceitful. Because God knows your heart. And if your heart is filled with his word, and you're looking to his knowledge and his will, your heart won't be deceitful. Because it's going to be focused on what he wants you to be focused on. Remember, the Apostle Paul prayed that the Colossians would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and actually put it into practice. And as Christ followers, our prayers for the new year should focus on putting our knowledge of God and his ways into practice every day. And that is my prayer for each of you, that through this year we will do exactly that, that we will put it into practice and that we will change because if we change ourselves, we can change our environment. If we change our environment, we can change the world. One person at a time. And, you know, maybe you're sitting here and saying, hey, Pastor, that's real good, but I don't know this Jesus guy. And, Pastor, you don't know my life. Man, I, I've done some bad things. <clears throat> I guarantee there's some people in this room that have done worse things than you've ever done. And they're in this room. I'm sure there's people watching church online that have done worse things than you've ever done. Here's the ticket. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So you're in good company. Look at the person next to you. Guess what? They're a sinner. And the chances are they may be a bigger sinner than you. Or maybe you look at each other and you start laughing because you think, man, we've, we sinned last night together. So it's okay, you're in good company because you're a sinner and you fall short of the glory of God. So do we. But here's the key. Yet God loved you enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. 
So every sin you've ever done in your life, he died on the cross for. Every sin you're going to do today, he already died for. Every sin in your life that you're going to do tomorrow moving forward, he died for. You've already got forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean just go out and sin because I'm forgiven, because that would be going against God's will. But he did that because he loved you. And God's word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where the change starts. That's where you start to get his strength. You get his love. You get his guidance. You get all this coming inside of you. and, And then you start to change from the inside out. And then you start taking that head knowledge and turn it into heart knowledge. And you start walking a different path. And for some of you, you've been, I was born again when I was 12 years old. That was 30, 40 years ago. And all you got is head knowledge. That's all you got. You've memorized some scripture so you can use them in a battle. God's word says to honor your mother and your father. What do you mean you're not going to listen to me? but yet you haven't ingrained it from your head to your heart. You haven't put it into practical application. What good is it to have all this head knowledge if you don't use it? Like I said, it's like having that brand new smartphone and all you can do is look at it and never use it. God's word is full of everything you need. Pick it up and read it. So maybe you're here and you're that person. Well, during this final song, I want to encourage you, come up here. You can leave it right here at the altar. Come up here, take a knee. If you can't get up, don't worry, I'll help you up. Give it back to God. Ask him to take you from head knowledge to heart knowledge and how you can be within his will. Have the knowledge of God's will, not just here, but here. You want to make it a new year? Make that your prayer. Make that your prayer. And if you've never accepted Jesus, I encourage you, you can come up here today, and I'll be off to the side. We can talk about it. We can pray about it. And we can welcome you into our messed up, jacked up family because that's what you're joining. We are messed up. We are jacked up, but every one of us is loved by God. And amen to that. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you today on on this new year, new beginnings, new everything. Lord, we just want a new relationship with you. Lord, we want our relationship to be like the day that we first met you. Lord, everyone here can probably remember the day that they accepted you as their Lord and Savior. They remember the fire that was inside them. Lord, we couldn't wait to tell somebody, man, I accepted Jesus today. Man, I got baptized. I got baptized at church and I left with wet hair. And then life happens. And Lord, we get stuck and and kind of start doing what the world calls us to do. And and that passion goes away and, and we get all this head knowledge and never apply it. So that we have a heart change. So Lord, if there's anyone here today and they need that heart change, Lord, I ask that you have them make that move. That they'll repent of their ways, that they'll 
Get rid of that head knowledge. Make it heart knowledge. And seek to follow you and have the knowledge of your will throughout their lives. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to bless us, speak to us, speak through us, so that your name may be glorified. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.